Welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after Kansas came away with a gutsy 82-77 overtime win over TCU in Fort Worth. And I think that this was the road performance everyone has been waiting to see from this team since the flash in the pan away performance against Baylor earlier this season. That was a really really, I can't say it enough, gutsy performance from this team. I mean, TCU comes roaring back after they were down by 12 with nine minutes to play. TCU goes on a 20-4 to run over six minutes and five seconds to take it from a 61-49 to game with KU leading to a 69 to 65 TCU lead and that game and that run really flipped the game on its head KU looked out of sorts on both ends of the floor I mean I remember one possession specifically where KU was just all over the place I remember it was Devon Dotson running out and closing out but then having to go back to his man because someone else came out to the perimeter as well just overall key was out of sorts while TCU came back in this game and it was eerily similar to me at least to what you saw against West Virginia where KU goes into the final minutes leading and just can't execute down the stretch to get the win you know Kansas executed I guess just enough to force overtime KU played, I mean, first of all, KJ Lawson was really important for KU down the stretch. Um, We'll get into more of the individual performances a little bit later, but KJ Lawson made a floater to tie the game up with just about, I think it was 28 seconds to play, and then TCU comes down and KU plays excellent defense and forces up a really tough shot from TCU that didn't fall and then comes overtime. And then in overtime, you have Diedrich Lawson foul out with two minutes and about eight seconds to play. And then Quentin Grimes fouls out with 55 seconds to play. And KU is basically down to five guys. If one more person had fouled out, David McCormick, for example, finished with four fouls. And if David McCormick were to have fouled out in overtime, KU would have had to go to a walk-on. A Tehan, a Garrett Lewinstra would have had to come into the game to play. So foul trouble was really played a really important role in this game. It really didn't show until the very end of the game. You know, Quentin Grimes really struggled with fouls again. You know, he had to miss time in the first half for some foul trouble. Diedrich Lawson had to miss some time in the second half because of some foul trouble. And overall, foul trouble really threw stuff out of whack for KU. I mean, Mitch Lightfoot was one of the best players on the floor, in my opinion, for a good chunk of the game and yet he still fouls out with about a couple minutes to play in the game so really an aggressive performance for KU but an overall just a gutsy win for the Jayhawks who will now move to two and four I believe in road games in the Big 12 this season diving into some player performances I thought Devon Dotson head and shoulders best player on the floor. There's so many different things that I loved about what Devon did tonight. 
Uh, we can start by talking about his rebounding or we could talk about his shooting. So I think we should start off with his assist because that is something that we have seen from him in some road games as he does struggle with turnovers and he did again tonight, but he was still able to find teammates and create shots for teammates. He had five assists, a team high, but he also had a team high six turnovers. So not the good turnover to assist ratio that you'd like to see from your point guard. But if you were to consider where Devon Dotson has been this season, you know, and just how he has played in road games, you will take that assist to turnover ratio compared to what he has done in the past. Moving on, I thought that the way that Devon Dotson was on the boards and just his overall intensity got me fired up at least because you could just see from the start that you know, I don't have any inside info on this, so I don't know if he was specifically challenged, but it felt like he took an onus to be the aggressor early on and to be the guy that is going to bring the intensity for KU because that is something that they have lacked in some of these away games. I mean, you saw it against Kansas State. There were times where everyone kind of seemed disjointed and on separate pages. It really felt like tonight that everyone was on the same page offensively. I mean, KU led for 28 minutes of this game, and I really felt like played really good basketball for about a 10-minute stretch there in the beginning of the second half. And in general, Devon Dotson was the catalyst for that. Devon Dotson got his first career double-double, and he got 10 rebounds, 10 defensive rebounds which is even more impressive. He was so good, and a lot of those came off of, it felt like, three-point shots that were more of like the long rebounds that kind of squirmed out of the paint. But for KU to be rebounding, as good as it was with its guards today, even though you still got six rebounds from Mitch Lightfoot, you got three from KJ Lawson, you got 10 from Diedrich Lawson, so you got some good rebounding numbers from your big men. But still, the fact that Devon Dotson was in there in, on the glass getting rebounds I thought that that was great to see and something that we really haven't seen maybe as much of from Devon Dotson this season he has been an excellent rebounder and I do think that he is a good rebounder for a 6-2 guard I think that he really does rebound the ball well I think he has a good feel for it but I thought that tonight was really just an overall great performance from him on the glass and even him shooting the ball you know, he shot the ball from three. He made a career high four threes. He went four of seven from behind the arc. I think I'd have to go back and look at the specifics of the shot chart, but it felt like the majority of them came from either the wing or the corner. And I feel like at this point in the season, Devon Dotson on corner threes has to at least be at 40-45% on the season because it feels like when he does get those open looks in the corner where he he somehow does a good job of finding you know ways to just be open and his man isn't anywhere near him and it felt like tonight that there was more of that and he really made those shots count. And overall, he I mean he scored the ball with really good efficiency inside the arc. I mean 7 of 13 from the field you know, so three of six inside the arc. That's actually not as efficient as I thought, but I think that really him getting to the rim and also getting to the free throw line was important. Seven of nine from the free throw line. He made really important free throws down the stretch in overtime to put the game away. So overall, I cannot say enough good things about Devon Dotson. Yes, there were some turnover issues, but overall just a great performance from KU's point guard. So moving on to another freshman that really impressed me, Ochai Abaji. 
I don't know what gets into Ochai in road games, but in the two road games that he has started now, he has gotten double-doubles. He got a double-double against Texas. Uh, I believe it would have been two Tuesdays ago. And again tonight, he got a double-double. Had a team-high 11 rebounds. Ten of them were defensive rebounds. Starting off with the rebounding aspect, that was something that I had asked Ochai about after the last game, if he felt like his rebounding was more of a feel thing or playing to his athleticism. And he said it was a little bit of both. And I felt like tonight, he really played to his athleticism. When he would go into crash the glass, it really did feel like that he was able to jump higher and reach over guys to get those rebounds. And I think that that is something that is just overly impressive. And it makes you think that he could be a guy that going forward could give you five to six rebounds, maybe even more a game, you know, depending on what bigs are in the game and what lineups he is in there with. But overall, I thought that defensively, he was also really good, was really good on switches as always. KU didn't switch as much because of they were in the two big looks, so they didn't switch. They did a lot more of the hedging and fighting through screens. But when KU does go into the switching one through four, if they go into that four around one, I really do love Ochai Abaji's versatility in that role. And then scoring the ball tonight, Ochai didn't score it with the usual efficiency from the three-point line that you've seen. He entered the game shooting 59% from the field. That will go down. He went 6 of 12 from the field, 50%. But overall, I thought he scored the ball really well, got to the free throw line, just scored the ball on all three levels. And it's amazing just to see how he has progressed in this short time that he's been able to play. This was only his 11th collegiate game, and he put up 20 and 10 on the road in a hostile environment on a big Monday. So there's really, you you can say endless good things about d- the way that Devon Dotson and Ochai Abaji played tonight. I think that this was a performance that could be a building block, you know, if LeGerald Vick is not going to be back for an extended period of time. It does sound like, you know, Bill Self had said that they do expect Gerald Vick back. It may not be a this week, next week, but in a couple weeks. So in the time being, you know, Devon Dotson and Ochai Abaji being those guys to step up is going to be really important. And I think that they've done a great job of stepping up without Marcus Garrett and in, in the current situation that KU's been in. I thought Diedrich Lawson really had a, a rough game. If you were to look at the numbers post game, you may, they could fool you, I think. Because you look and it's 14 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists. But as I work back through the game and kind of think of individual moments, there are a lot more of those negative moments in the game than there were positive moments from Diedrich Lawson. I mean, you had some of the bunnies that he missed around the rim. You had him getting out-rebounded inside during a stretch. I can't remember who it was that grabbed the rebound, but... I really felt like there was a stretch there where Diedrich Lawson was not engaged in the game. I thought that he was better in the second half, but I think overall, I think the numbers could be a little deceiving for this game. And even though Diedrich Lawson did make it seven straight games with the made three, he went two of five from the three-point arc. And I guess I can parlay this into something that I looked at during the game. And it felt like KU had been shooting a lot more threes as of late and my theory was not necessarily proved correct, but you know, KU has been shooting a higher volume of threes since Marcus Garrett went out. So if you look at since the Texas Tech game, 
in the three games following leading into tonight. So this is not including the statistics from tonight. But KU, through its first 21 games of the season, averaged about 23-point attempts per game, 19.5 to be specific. But then since that Texas Tech game, so against Texas Tech, K-State, and Oklahoma State, KU has shot 26.33s per game. And then tonight, you saw KU go out again and shoot 33s. So I'm interested to see, because this is something that I, I plan on asking Bill Self about at this week's press conferences, what has changed for KU to shoot more threes because they've actually gone up in percentage as well. They didn't shoot a high percentage tonight. They went 9 of 30, but they had actually shot 35% or around there through the first chunk of games but then in the past three games, KU's been up to 39% from three. So they're shooting a higher volume and it is paying off, you could say, because they are shooting a higher percentage from three. But I think that that does also revolve around a little bit more of Diedrich Lawson's three-point shooting as of late. He has shot more threes. He has been able to make more threes. And that has opened up the floor for more people to drive and dish, which maybe has helped KU get more open looks from three, which they haven't been able to knock down. I thought KJ Lawson gave KU some really good minutes. I thought that this was one of the first games I felt like since at least the Tennessee game that KJ Lawson came in and made a tangible impact in the game. When Mitch Lightfoot fouled out, he was called upon, and I thought that he answered the bell really well. Uh, he finished with 10 points on four of six shooting. He did grab three rebounds and was a plus three in the plus minus category. But again, he made two of the biggest shots in the game to help KU win this game. And that has really just been the, the mantra of this team all season, it feels like, has been different guys stepping up in different moments. You know, in past road games, you know, against Arizona State, Devon Dotson did not play well. Against Iowa State on the road, Devon Dotson did not play well. And yet tonight, he bounces back. And not that it was unexpected, but he has not played well or as well on the road this season. So to see to see him come out and play as well as he did is positive. And even for KJ Lawson to pop up and give you those 10 points and three boards, I think that that's important. And you can see more of Mitch Lightfoot as of late. I mean, he got 22 minutes again tonight. He got three blocks. He did foul out, so he was very aggressive, got six rebounds. And what is it with Mitch Lightfoot playing at TCU? Uh, last year, I remember him playing incredibly well at TCU as well. That's something to keep an eye on, I guess, next year is for when Mitch Lightfoot comes to Fort Worth and turns into a shot-blocking machine. But overall, I really did feel like this was a positive performance for this team, especially considering that there is no LeGerald Vick right now. So looking forward now, KU will play West Virginia at home this Saturday. West Virginia is facing some adversity currently. It was announced today that Isia Ahmad, number 23, will not be on the team. He was kicked off for a violation of their athletics policy. So West Virginia will be without one of their best players and veteran leaders. So that is a, a good sign for KU. You know, Not that KU should have trouble at home against a West Virginia team that has really struggled this season, but it's just another thing that is going KU's way right now. After the West Virginia game, KU will have a full week off before traveling to Lubbock to face Texas Tech. And that is going to be one of the biggest games of the year, if not the biggest game of the year for KU. That's going to do it for this edition of the Fog.net podcast. 
As always, you can stay tuned to Fog.net for all sorts of post-game coverage from this TCU game. I will have a film room coming out at some point this week, and we'll have all sorts of coverage going into the West Virginia game as well. As always, you can follow myself on Twitter at mswain97, and you can follow Scott Chasen on Twitter at ChasenScott. And with that said, we'll talk to you Saturday night after the West Virginia game. Thank you.